Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one four-hour mark at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. Wait, what? Oh. Minute 240. We have reached hour four of this movie. We will not be lingering here very long. No. But we have done it. We have. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. But you know that by now. Yes. (laughs) I would hope so. Uh, And we're uh, today talking about Minute 240, which starts with Frodo pausing for a moment on the deck of the ship and he turns around and smiles. And it ends with a fade to white. Yes. We have our third ending, folks. Yep. Number three. Before Um, the credits. So I have a question that's going to break your your heart. Yeah. When, When do you think the last time Frodo genuinely smiled like this was? He hasn't genuinely smiled like this since before the Council of Elrond. You think so? Since he first picked up the ring. I don't think he's genuinely smiled like this. Because he's, like, laughing and smiling in the the recovery, um, the house that's of true. healing. That's true. And we see him kind of smile at Sam's wedding, but, like, not, it, like, fades Yeah, but it fades quickly. immediately. Like, yeah, so I'm just, That like, one's not genuine. Has it been since, has it been at least four years? At least, yeah. From, like, the Houses of Healing? Mm. Because the way they react... It's like they haven't seen a smile like this in a long time. Yeah, like you know? Pippin does that quick. Have you thought about that? Yeah, a little bit. They all like. And I, I have thought about that for for a really specific reason too, uh, because they they all do this little like happy exhale. Yeah, and this quick like little smile and then back to crying. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this thing. So this is what I was talking about. This this turnaround and smile is like this optimistic moment here, mm-hmm. because. As soon as Frodo is on the deck of that ship, his makeup's not as pale, and he genuinely smiles. Yeah. Being on that ship and no longer in Middle-earth instantly makes Frodo himself again. He's going to be okay. Just live on the ship. That's what houseboats are for. Right? (laughs) But just as soon as he's on that boat, he's himself again. Yeah. He's going to be okay. I know, but like... It's... And he turns around to show them that yeah. he feels just better instantly. And they're all like really happy. Yeah. To see it. But it's like a it's like a bittersweet happiness cuz you know like it's it's like when, you know, someone suffered for a while and then it's just like, well, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad they were happy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Elijah Wood mentions that this moment for him is the return of the Frodo from before the ring. Mm. That this moment is Frodo being himself genuinely for the first time since he since he since he resolved to destroy it at the Council of Elrond. Yeah. And there's this little nod as he goes to turn back around. He nods at the three of them. I'm so sad about it. That little him. nod. You're yeah. gonna be okay too. It's almost mischievous. Yeah. Like, he looks um, like he's about to laugh. Like Galadriel's almost. Yeah, a little bit. It looks like he's almost about to laugh. Like there's like, but not out of any kind of mischief to me, but out of like this, this understanding of, of what's of this, happened like, here. Like relief. Yeah. Yeah. He's about to go spend however long it takes to get to Valinor. Just 
I don't know, smoking pipe weed with Gandalf and Elrond, I guess. <laughs> Bilbo. So looking at these three, um, how... Mary is Mary still just looks hit the hardest to me. Yeah. Just the way Dominic Monaghan's playing it. He just looks so much more, I don't like more sad, more broken up about it than the other two. Yeah. But Sean Astin's thing is just like this deep, understated uh, acting in his, the, this, these deep, understated emotions in his face. Mm-hmm. It's just thing that Sean Astin is all about as an actor. Right. Because this, this feeling that Sam is portraying and Sean Astin's portraying in this, in this part, in this, in this scene he doesn't stop carrying until we stop seeing his face, even in the next scene of the movie. He still is carrying the same emotion for the rest of the time that we see him. Yeah. Well, because, like, you know, I mean, he he looks like he's about to, to like, burst into tears again. I mean, like, yeah. he hasn't stopped crying. Yeah. But, like... Pippin kind of has. Yeah. Pippin is... Um, Pippin recovers quickly. I think when he sees Frodo smile, it almost like starts again but then but it would be like happy crying yeah for him because he gets it yeah whereas these uh mary and sam i think are still in like sad cry mm-hmm. territory i love i love pippin's paisley scarf dude yeah pippin like pippin already always like rocks a scarf which is great um looking at these three though i noticed that sam's uh the clasp of sam's cloak is not facing the same direction as mary and pippin's which kind of bothers me but like i don't know but that's probably from sean astin putting it on himself and being left-handed that's true (laughs) is he actually left-handed did we look that up we never looked that up no but they they sean astin says it in the commentary that he's left-handed does Wait. So does Peter Jackson. They oh. both say that Sean Astin is left-handed. I thought that was a mystery to us when we were talking about But we, d- we didn't go back to look and make sure that Sam oh. was using his left hand in all these right, scenes. Right, right, right. But they, Sean Astin and, and Peter Jackson oh, in the commentary right. both say. I was remembering say, that incorrectly. Yeah, Sean Astin and Peter Jackson both say that Sean is left-handed in, in, the, in the commentary. Okay. So that's just. Sean Astin being left-handed and putting his brooch on oh, so it faces okay. the other way. I mean, like... Which makes it, like... Which just adds this other layer of me wanting to go and see if his brooch is on the other way in Fellowship. But... <laughs> well, no, because someone else puts it on them, right? Just don't... Don't go let, Don't the elves put the, the cloaks on them for them? Oh, I don't... I, maybe? I don't know. I guess they probably would have. Um... Because we don't see the cloaks put on them. They yeah, just have yeah, them. Yeah. And just, these cloaks are I would, woven I would, of elven you know thread. What? If I was an elf queen... I would, like, it, it feels more formal if right. the If like, you have your servants your, put the cloaks on them. Yeah. The, <laughs> labor for me, my elf. My, my elf servants. servants. Yes. <laughs> put these cloaks on these guests of honor. Um, I don't know. It kind of bothers me because I like symmetry, but, like, also it makes him stand out a little because he's, like, it's pointing the same side of the frame that he's on, so I'm like, ah, I'll allow it. There's also uh, actual negative space between Mary and Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, Mary's got his arm around Pippin. Bless. Mm-hmm. So cute. They're so cute. I love ugh, I love all of them. Yeah, they're all... What a, what a group of guys. <sighs> then we get, this, we get this really long shot of the ship sailing away. Yes. And then it fades to white. This 
this image of the Grey Havens and the sunset is just absurdly beautiful to me. Yes. Um, it's it's like this. Um, the the first we see Minas Tirith. Um, the first time we see like Rivendell with like the the waterfall, and yeah. then like the 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 some of the stuff in Lothlorien. I think. Um, yeah, I think feel if, the most like fantasy to me. Yeah, I think the the camera panning up the trees when they're going up the yes, stairs in Lothlorien yes, yeah. is the fantasy image I associate with Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. Not the Balrog, really. Whenever when I if I when I think of Fellowship of the Ring, Lothlorien is like the first part of the movie I think of. Yeah. Not Moria. But that's I don't know. I don't know exactly why, but I think it's because it's post the most emotional part of the movie. So it's my my focus on fellowship focus is more taken and held by the movie after that. So I just associate over 100 minutes into the movie. Well, like I care all the way through, but I think that after the like the climax of the movie in Moria before the before the second climax at Amon Hen. Because there's kind of two climaxes in that movie. Yeah. I don't know. I would count Gandalf's death and the Balrog as still, like, rising action mm. bits. Um, because there's the lull of Lothlorien. Yeah. Is Fellowship still your number two? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I guess we can talk about that next week. I love all these movies. Right, like, right, right. It's not as though it's not as though it isn't close. Right. I'm just curious. Yeah. Like there's no um there's no image of fantasy for me that's quite the same level as fantasy images in Return of the King and Fellowship in Two Towers. Like most of the imagery in that movie to me doesn't feel It's pretty grounded. Yeah, it doesn't feel as fantasy and I think that that was all 100% on purpose to make the movie feel more like a war movie around the I Battle guess of Helm's like Deep. uh the I mean the ends. Yeah. But there's no and the shot of like but it's all kind of still gloomy and subdued, like in the lighting and yeah. the, the colors that they use. So it doesn't stand out the way that Rivendell and Lothlorien and Minas Tirith and the Grey Havens do, like this this last shot of the movie before the fade to white. Because there's no there's no big bright fantasy color scene in that movie that sticks out to me without that I can think of anyway. Like, the closest is some of the wide shots, but they're also not very fantastical over the fields of Rohan. Mm-hmm. But they're all, like, greens with nice light in the background and stuff. But Metaseld is really grounded. It doesn't feel as fantasy as the other locations that we go to. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's nothing like this. And there's nothing like Rivendell with all of the mixed bright colors and fantastical architecture. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um. Because Fellowship and Return are much more fantasy movies than Two right, Towers is. Right, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess the closest thing would be, like, any of the 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 shots with, like, Eowyn, uh, where she's just, like, standing on the, the like, the bal- at the balcony, like, overlooking the... On the steps the, of Metacell or yeah, whatever, yeah. Overlooking the countryside. But even that's so much more grounded than all the other imagery we get. Yeah. Like I guess the, in some ways the more fan, the most fantastical image for me in Two Towers is the funeral scene. Oh really? 
because it has a it's because of the song and the score and like the way that that is well shot. i mean like that's a because you said image so like yeah without I, I, the 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 it's like the the burial mounds and the the all the flowers like it's it's not as grand as other stuff but it feels very fantasy still to me but that's because that that is in, in part probably because i associate um like the imagery of beowulf with fantasy even though it's considerably more grounded yeah i mean there's monsters and stuff there's monsters magic yeah but it, it counts it, yeah <laughs> at what point does like a myth become fantasy fantasy you know or like where's the line i don't know i feel like tolkien would say they are both they are fantasy the myths are fantasy yeah i feel like that was something he probably held true um or is myth like because we were just talking about off mic um like similar myths in very different cultures yeah. so like is there like uh like a kernel of truth in those or is it just like as humans we have a propensity for liking this kind of story which in right. itself is like crazy to well, think about right but i mean that's what um that's what joseph campbell believed right the the monomyth the yeah yeah the, the hero's journey yeah the hero's journey thing that there's this there's this really basic storytelling structure that humans just gravitate towards. Yeah. But I mean, like, um, specific, uh, like, we were talking about, like, the, the flood Like, yeah, like, there being and... flood myths, like, worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, like, stuff like that's super interesting to me. And I don't think there's, there's no way to ever know the answer. <laughs> right. Barring time travel, I guess. <laughs> I guess. If we ever get there. Um... But I don't know, cause I I um I don't know. Thinking about it, like as far as like fantasy, like capital F fantasy, yeah, uh, as a genre, images go. I I gravitate more towards the elven stuff, um, but I think like the the imagery in Moria is really evocative too. Oh yeah, um, just in a different way. Um. Oh yeah, like the. The moment where they first enter the Great Hall of Moria yeah, yeah. and they're just that little the, the, circle of light. Yes, with all the pillars and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. that is like a big capital F fantasy yes, image. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, and it's very iconic. Yeah, but I, I don't think Two Towers just the, doesn't have something like that. That's not the thing that I think about No. with Lord of the Rings. That's like, you know, like number five on the list for me, you know? Yeah, yeah no, Lothlorien is, Lothlorien is one of the first images that, that shot of the one big tree with like the blue purple light yes. is one of the first things I think about when I think of this story as an image from the movies, mm -hmm. like that spiral staircase up the tree is in some ways like Lord of the Rings to me as an image. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you think it's because it is so otherworldly? Maybe it sticks out like the, it's definitely the most, I think it's the most unique, uh, the most unique architecture of any of the cultures that we see. Yeah. Which is definitely, like, I think that contributes. Yeah. But a, the, a close second for me for a shot is the first time we see Minas Tirith in Fellowship mm. at, in a distance. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it looks so grand and big from that distance that it doesn't look like it could be a real place. Right. But nothing about the architecture of it is fantastical in and of itself. It's just the scale of that ringed city. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess it's the scale of it and the the way that it's ringed and up the mountain yeah that spike of rock that comes out 
Yeah. Is like one of the things that makes it look like it can't quite be real. That's fair. And then I don't know, because I think that I think all the Elven stuff looks way more fantastical than any of the Mordor stuff. Mm. All the Mordor stuff is just so. I don't know, like the the shot of uh, Baradur, where we go up the the tower. Yeah, that's. But there's there's so little frame of reference in that shot. Yeah, but it's still it's like. Yeah. And uh, same with. Um, I think the black Eisengard. gate. The black gate is the thing that I think is the most fantasy looking, by sheer scale and what we see it from, as far as all the like evil architecture design. I think scale. like, Orthanc falls under that. Mm. Um, as far as like, yeah. uh, fantasy aesthetic. Yeah, I just I don't think we ever get a shot of Orthanc that feels like so completely fantasy to me. But that I think is also like partially on purpose because Orthanc is supposed to represent industry in some way. I mean, like, like we don't get a shot that I would that I immediately think of with Orthanc, and I'm just like, that's from a fantasy story. A big, like, obsidian tower with like spiky bits, like that doesn't evoke like an evil lich lord or anything to you, like. I don't know. There's something. <laughs> there's something about the imagery of Orthanc that it just doesn't put the same feeling of that's from fantasy story in me that some of the other imagery in these stories do. And it's not that it's like dark colors or like a gloomy atmosphere, because that first shot in Moria's Great Hall is that. But that feels fantasy to me. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, but like the Black Gate gets it for me because of how big it is and the way it opens and everything that goes into how it moves feels really fantasy to me. So what you're saying is size matters. Size matters. <laughs> and the the shot at the end of Two Towers of seeing Mordor at a distance. Yeah. But closer than you think it is, that's fantasy. Well yeah, there's a giant volcano and like the, dragon things. Yeah, like that's a fantasy <laughs> image. That is probably the most like the most fantasy image in Two Towers is that yeah, image right at the end. True. But they do almost the same shot but slightly closer in Return of the King. So it's not, it's not. And then does does that, it's just like, oh yeah, just a, just a walk in the park. Just a walk in the park. You know? Like, so it's not an image I associate with two towers, like solely. If, if there was like a giant volcano with some zombie dragons around it in 2020, I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. (laughs) Like by the end of the year, I'm just like, yeah, all right. I'll allow it. <laughs> just Baradour rises out of the, right? it's just like, rises oh, out of the ground in the northwest. Well, Mount Helens becomes Mount Doom. Mount right. St. Helens becomes Mount of Doom. Of course this happened. All right. Well, okay. Just one more thing. Yeah. Yellowstone goes off. Oh, okay. 2020. Jesus. <laughs> Am I right? Womp womp. Anyway. But yeah. So yeah, the... Yeah, I, I don't think that Two Towers just doesn't have an image that I associate associate with it that feels fantasy and unique to it in the way that fellowship and return of the king do i feel like it's like Gollum lurking in like the the rocks at the very beginning yeah i don't know the because there's so much iconic imagery in these movies yes but there's not oh maybe maybe the charge with amor and gandalf down the hill at the end of helm's deep that's a pretty fantasy image with the the light coming behind them and everything but, like, Two Towers just doesn't have as many. Like, there's so much. I think that most of the ones that strike me are from Fellowship. And then there's a few in Return of the King like this. But most of the really big iconic moments that I associate with the fantasy and the scope of of Lord of the Rings are in Fellowship. 
like we get all the we get the shot of the Moria Great Hall, the Argonath, the weather top in the distance is like a fantasy sh- a fantasy image for me. Yeah. Well, I think that just speaks to how well they set the tone for the rest of the trilogy in that movie. Yeah. It does a lot of heavy lifting in that regard, I think. Well, yeah, because Fellowship is the most a fantasy adventure story Yeah, of the three. And then Two Towers is like a more grounded kind of war movie. And Return of the King is an epic. So there's things about Return of the King where these big pitches of fantasy imagery, but most of it is focused on the action rather than the image a lot of the time in Return of the King. But when it stops to let you settle on an image, it always makes sure it's a big it's a big punchy one. It, it really yeah, lands. Yeah. Can we talk about how we do not see Sam turn away from the boat? Yeah, he, I think he watches he watches that boat sail until it leaves the horizon, oh, I think. Because we see, because uh, Mary and Pippin both turn mm-hmm. to head back. Um, and like Sam kind of starts to, but he just ends up lingering on it and just crying more and it makes me so sad like yeah <sighs> sam yeah Lol. this shot too you it doesn't linger so long that you actually see the ship completely disappear in the right. light of the sun right it fades to white just before that moment yeah which i like but i like that we don't see sam turn his back on frodo ever yeah because he won't he's done it one time only because frodo and he was forced to, go, to yeah to go home yeah he would never do so willingly. Yeah. Man. I'm emotional all over again. Because it's it's very much like Frodo is like telling him to go live his life, but like and which he will, but mm-hmm. he, he already has started to. Right. But at the same time, like he never like he never turns his back on Frodo. No. And at the end of his days, they he are reunited. Him. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. I'm so sad. Y'all. I I think that's it for for the week. Yeah. And almost it for the movie. We made it to four hours. Four hours of this movie. And there's 90 seconds left before it says the end. The end. Yeah. My dude. That's crazy. Yeah. There aren't a whole lot of four-hour movies out there. Is Titanic four hours? Titanic's probably close. I haven't seen Titanic since high school. Middle school, I think I saw for the first time. What? Really? Yeah. I guess it is PG. Like right when it came out on VHS. Oh, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Yeah, my cousins got it and like they brought it over and like the whole their family and my family all watched Titanic. Was that awkward? A little bit. <laughs> I was like twelve or something. I don't remember. I was young. Was and I was awkward? like, this with is the, boring. With the scene with the handprint? With the hand yeah. <laughs> I imagine so. I don't remember super clearly. I remember being very bored. As I was like a preteen boy and was just like, why are we watching something like this? Yeah, because it's good. Because right. Dennis, uh, not Dennis Hart, they didn't send it, dude. Yeah, Bernard Hill, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet. Dude, that movie makes me cry. Hmm. With the freaking, the orchestra. Yeah. Oh, that's the moment. It's like, play it again, boys. All right. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. None of the... None of the, 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 the Jack and, and what's her name? None of the Rose? stuff they want to make you cry. Yeah. Makes no, you cry. the, the quartet, the string quartet, like that's, yep, that's it. That's <laughs> anyway. 
Wrong that's, movie. That's what gets me. They've already uh, done that movie's by minute They sure have. I yeah. I don't know if it's four hours though, but well. yeah. But we're from the movie. We're from the movie. We're from the website. We're from the. We're movie. from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> feels like I'm from this movie now. Uh, we're from the website, DuelingGenre.com, where you can find a whole bunch of other podcasts, Movies by Minute and Non-Movies by Minute. Mm-hmm. But if you're just looking for more Movies by Minute podcasts in general. If you want to go listen to Titanic Minute. If you want to go listen to Titanic <laughs> Minute, go to MoviesByMinutes.com, where you can find a running list of completed and currently running Movies by Minutes shows. And even now, four years on, there's still just like a new one every week. I don't know about that. I just saw a post that there was a new one added to the list this week. Oh, just kidding. I don't have my like my my hand on the pulse of the movies by minutes community as we are about to fade into the West. Right. So, <laughs> so long. Almost. And thanks for all the fish. That's right. And that's what Gollum would say, right? Yeah. So long. Thanks for all the fish, precious. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. I was going to say yet another movie that kind of sucks and has um, Martin Freeman in it. (laughs) But it's a really fun book. Yeah. Anyway. Bye. Bye.